It's a beautiful day. Sit right back and get comfortable. You are listening to Broker Talk, the number one weekly real estate podcast hosted by brokers with almost 50 years of experience in the real estate brokerage industry, including residential, commercial, investment, development, and marketing, including radio and television, magazines, books, websites, and of course, podcasts. Your Broker Talk hosts today are Larry Lawfer and myself, Jim Lowenstern. Evan is on the soundboard. We're once again broadcasting from high atop the Castles Unlimited Space Needle in Boston, Massachusetts. How are you doing today, Larry? I'm high atop the, uh, the Space Needle right here. We've got a great show planned for us today, Jim. We're going to be talking about uh, community involvement, uh, l- involvement in our industry with someone I've known as long as I've been in the business, uh, truly classy guy, Melvin A. Vieira. He has uh, been involved in community, uh, his own community. He's a local guy, uh, born and raised around here, um, and he has given back so much to uh, to his specific community. Uh, you see him on social media. He's always talking about uh, ways in which to help. Um, he is also dedicating a great deal of his own time to our real estate organization, GBAR, NAR, MAR, all the real estate organizations. And um, because his uh, views are uh, interesting, studied and important and so i'm thrilled to have uh mel with us uh how are you doing today mel i'm doing very well larry and thank you very much for having me on your show today you know i noticed uh in one of the articles that was written about you a number of years ago that you were involved in um technology especially real estate technology uh, from the very beginning i'm looking at something dated 2005 um <laughs> how has that changed in these last 14 years <laughs> you really dug back the archives into 2005 and i've been doing this business for 30 years and you found something on me. Uh, yeah, that was an article that was posted um, on me in the Boston Globe back then. Um, it was the actual original first um, almost iOS type base, or should I say app, to l- look and search for homes. And it's so funny because that technology was way before its time and um, things really weren't there to catch up to what, what, was, what his whole idea was, the gentleman who came up with the product. And technology actually now has leapfrogged what he's done and has gone a lot further. And amazing, it's actually um, brought the consumer more into into our business than anything else. Well, what's really interesting is, uh, you know, uh, technology over the 14 years has been amazing. But certainly the last four or five years, it is really roller coastered because of the technology money coming into our industry with Zillow, with iBuyer programs, with uh, Compass, uh, um, EXP, mm-hmm. spending a lot of, of uh, tech money mm-hmm. to earn the respect of the consumer doing a great job of communicating that what is our what are our organizations what are we doing about this um so you're saying what is the greater boston board national association of realtors or you're saying the organizations that we work for our companies 
I, I, let's talk about the industry because each each agency is going to say they're the best. That's mm-hmm. just the way mm-hmm. it goes. Right. You know, we both worked at different agencies. So, mm-hmm. you know, hey, we're the best. But uh, no, I'm talking about the industry because there is a difference between a local realtor and any technology program, no matter how. This is so true. And I'm glad you brought that point up because people don't realize is that anybody can do technology nowadays because you know you just go ahead and send your what you want and how you want it done and someone can design the app or design the program yes it takes a lot of money to create the uh, flow chart so that it reaches the consumer or should I say create the meta tags and the CEO search terms so the consumer will grab and use it but the thing about it is this is that there are agents and people don't understand an agent needs to be really hyper local and that's what technology cannot do. And, and I mean hyper-local is that your agent has uh, boots on the ground. Your agent knows what's going on. Your agent knows the local coffee shop, knows the local grandma and grandpa and, and aunt and uncle and the dog parks and all that. And they know who lives in that community. They know what's going on. They know the new school system that's about to possibly happen. Because the only time that the school system, or should I say technology, finds out about it is when we turn around and we tell them, and they, they put it in on, online. So I, I say all that is that um, being technology is good, but you can't do it without us. Well, uh, the, the technology will bring you incredible amounts of information. Wading through all of that information, it takes someone with uh, daily uh, work at it, and um, the way to weed out the misinformation. Correct, correct. And it's funny you talk about misinformation. You and I are kind of having a conversation earlier about misinformation. You know, people think that they look at the internet, look at Google, and Google is 100%. Everything's right on it. And they're going to be like, oh my God, Google said it. But you understand that information is also incorrect because the person who put it in did not do their actual fact checking a lot of times. Or they might have just, you know, did one or two things wrong, just like on an MLS sheet. Hmm. When people are putting stuff in MLS sheet, they make a mistake there. And someone goes, oh my God, this MLS sheet says this. Well, the person hit the wrong button. The person hit the wrong switch. And you think that technology can, can help you disseminate from that? They can't. An actual local agent who understands what's going on and understands how to read it and, and take that information and say, hey, I found this to be wrong because I did some fact checking and I found the information somewhere else and this is the information and they're able to produce the document. As I look at the MLS on um, a daily basis, I'm, I'm always shocked at how many real estate agents don't put the dimensions of each room in, in their property. That's a simple thing. And the other thing that just drives appraisers crazy is when the uh, agent puts in an incorrect living square footage. They include the basement. They include areas where they shouldn't because they want a bigger... uh, The amount of information that we put in should and always be correct. Correct. And and it's funny you say that about the square footage of a room. You know, and and, and I I have two sides to that piece, and I do understand it. It is a very simple and very easy thing to put the dimensions of the room in there. Um, But sometimes that information can be wrong, and that buyer is actually living on that. So a lot of times I would tell them, look, come on in here and check it yourself. Come on and measure it yourself because this may not be right. And a lot of, and a lot of times measurements are not put in because it doesn't help sell the property. 
and the broker who's putting information in is hired to show that property in the best light. So if the bedroom is 8 by 10, that's not a great number to see. Someone may not even see the house because of that, and it's not going to be sold. Whereas if they went in and saw the house, they may say, okay, it's small, but we still love the house. I agree with you. And, 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 and so that becomes down to what we call a selling tactic um, as agents. And we, we, we make um, decisions upon what we may think is best to put the home in the best light. Uh, but I do agree with you about the square footage. When some people try to use that basement, even though it's not considered being living space. Um, if but, it's finished and well, heated. Well, if it's hit, finished and heated, now fine. Um, but, and, but, and an egress. And egress, correct. But doesn't, I mean, well, it, No, it doesn't it, really have to have yeah. an egress. But if it's listed, so I'll give you an example. The town of Randolph, they're funny. If you go ahead and look at their roles, what happens is once, even in Milton, they'll include the basement part of the square footage, and sometimes they won't, even though it's finished. So, you ha- I mean, there, there's that give and take. And it also depends on if the person actually walked in the house, meaning the assessor. So <laughs> the story was back in the day, and I don't want to mention the town, but they used to not open the door when they knew the assessor was coming in because they didn't want the assessor to walk in. That's every time. <laughs> Shh, look out the assessor. You don't have to let them in. No one no, said you, you don't. have to let them in. You're right about that, but you know what I'm just saying. It's just funny. No law. You're right. You're 100% right about that. But they were afraid of a few things. You know what it was. They were afraid of the taxes going up and you know and getting a lot of the things found out they did some improvements and everything else, so. I think it's um, interesting that um, that we have to even have this discussion about this kind of thing. There should be specific best practices and best standards. But we have uh, how many agents, sales agents who have licenses, aren't even realtors? So they have no access to uh, uh, pr- best practices. My, my, you're looking at me like I have an opinion. Uh, my opinion on that is there's probably plenty of brokers that are not realtors that are good brokers. I don't know. I, I, I always wonder about it. I mean, I've been in the business for literally over three decades now. I'm uh, close. I'm probably right with you. close to four, four decades now. Really embarrassing. Uh, and I've always been a realtor. And then I, I know there's plenty of realtors. They just want to save that five $600 a year to... to a, it's a big thing for them, not realizing the benefits that you get, and it, it really isn't even that much money. Cause you're, you 100%, you're 100% right about the benefit behind it um, because people don't understand that that R on your chest or on your lapel or wherever that R is on the back of your car means a lot, and it has a lot of power. People don't realize that because, give you an example, the national flood insurance right now, we are trying to get that pushed right now. Maxine Water, we've actually, uh, National Association of Realtors had a meeting with Maxine Water just recently, a luncheon, and asked her about the uh, flood. And she said that there's a lot of things that they think they can definitely get done, even though they're going to kick the can down the road again until November. But they're going to keep kicking the can, I understand, until next year, the beginning of next year. And then they hopefully they will come with some bipartisan legislation. I, and ironically, to do what? To actually get it uh, funded and actually get a bill in place for the uh, national flood insurance. Now, this is the funny thing. In her caucus... But we have flood insurance now. 
Uh, no, it keeps getting kicked down the road. We don't have anything in place just yet, fully. It's not full. The law has not fully been written, and it actually continues to get pushed down the road, pushed down the road. And the reason why I know is I just came back from a conference yesterday with our national lobbyist. I mean, so does that it, mean it, that it, with these uh, uh, floods in North Carolina that those people are uncovered? No, they're covered. But what I'm saying is the flood insurance bill has not actually been fully signed and brought into legislation. We still have it, so but improving upon it. Uh, pr- correct. Okay. Yeah. So we're still waiting on it, and it's being kicked down the road. And we're hoping that by the beginning of next year that it will be signed off. We we have a a, a number of questions that came in this week, but one in particular might uh, might be good uh, for uh, Melvin to answer. Uh, Help us with the answer. Yeah, help us with the question, Jim. Uh, (laughs) Lucas Wood from Kansas City, Missouri writes, uh, I'm new to the real estate industry, and I am thinking that a great way to foster a career can come from volunteer work and giving back. What do you suggest I do first if I want to develop my business through volunteering? The first thing is to get involved in your local community organization. Um, Start volunteering on committees within your community. So if there's a youth center, um, if there's a school, if there is a clean-up program within your community, uh, start from there, basically giving back figuring out how you can get part of a food pantry, how you can get part of any kind of charity organization within your community. That's one of the first things I find because then you start to relate and start, um, you, start you start to bond with the community, start to meet local people. Then you can start branching from there and then looking to see what kind of boards you can get on and any kind of local boards within your community, then grow from there. And then your boards can, you know, your boards or committees can expand. And that's the best way I find because it's all about meeting people. Correct, correct. So you're going to be out there instead of sitting at your desk. Mm-hmm. You're going to be meeting new people. Right. And don't think that this job is a nine to five. This job is a 24-hour job, if, and you can make it that way. It's but a, It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, correct. And you have to learn to live with inside your business. And if you don't like what you're doing, if you don't like meeting people, then don't get in the business. It, it seems like a lot of them don't like answering their phones, but that's my <laughs> weekly rant, okay? I've already done it. <laughs> well, if they don't answer their text, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're so much younger than I am. <laughs> and that's funny how it's gone from the phone to the text. I mean, it was phone, email, now text. Yeah. So. Well, snap face. I mean, you know, Belichick snap has face. snap face. <laughs> Snapchat. Face, face chat. <laughs> face chat. <laughs> Sit on my iPod. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of different ways you can get involved in your local uh, community. I, I would even, um, you know, I would think about, you know, looking at your office and telling Ashley your office to do like a cookout at your office and invite the local community from there. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and then what that will do is that'll get all the agents engaged and yourself and you don't have to do it by yourself because sometimes people go, well, I don't have the money. Well, collaborate with another agent in your office or other agents in the office and build, build synergy from there. Yeah. Talk to lenders. They'll, they'll certainly help you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all in the same business to help our communities grow better, um, keep our equities up, and things like that. And then the other piece I would get involved in your local boards, okay, especially if you're you know being a realtor. Um, get involved, get on their committees, um, learn about what, what each one of those committees have, and they have a list of committees. 
and figure out what committee you may want to be on. And if you don't like that committee, the next year, switch. But one thing I'll tell people is when you get on a committee, stay on that committee for one year. Or if you get involved with something, stay within a year. Because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, I, I know that when I came into the industry, the first thing I wanted to do was volunteer in, within the industry. And uh, I had two reasons for that. One, I knew that I would meet people who were involved and who were willing to help. And that is incredibly valuable when you're starting out. Listen to people who are smarter than you, people who have already done it. And the second thing um, is, depending on the committee that you join, you're, you're going to uh, find out what to do or mm -hmm. what not to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I was chairman of the grievance committee. Um, I was on that board for maybe four or five years uh, before I became vice chairman and then chairman. I know a lot of what not to do <laughs> to put you in front of a board like that. True, true, true. Uh, now I'm in professional standards, and um, we are thinking about the ways in which to serve our communities because it's about the community. It's keeping equity up, understanding the, uh, the, um, what's going on. Um, we affordable housing. Let's mm -hmm. talk about affordable housing. Affordable housing has so many issues. We have a, a guest coming in, Diane Danielson from SVN, which is a, um, a commercial brokerage, mm -hmm. and she was telling me recently, and she'll talk about this on our show, that there are plans to build to take. Um, parts of Boston that are available for building and build affordable homes, but the zoning laws determine that each particular property has to have two parking spots. Well, you know what? Kids don't, I've got a 28 year old, you know, working in New York City. He doesn't want a car. You know, we don't need to dedicate that much car space in some of these, and there should be a way in which around these zoning laws, but so there is a huge overlay, and that is something um, I had a the conference I was at last week about talking about. And until they learn to remove the overlay until the bureaucracy gets out the way, we're not going to be able to put things in place the way we need to, meaning getting the affordable housing built. And that is one of the saddest pieces, and especially with Boston, with, with the zoning. that it, it, I, I can do is shake my head because... The parcels are only so big, but if they would allow us to go up and not have to add so many spots and let it go down to one spot, you know, per household. Yeah. Well, it, there's even a bigger problem, and it's happening in all uh, the major metropolitan cities. Uh, it's the homeless population. And uh, so affordable is people that have jobs and can't afford to live in the city. And then you have people that have absolutely nothing, and they're there as well. So right. there's, a, there's a lot of lot of things that need to be addressed. I don't have the answers. No, and, and, and none of us, well, I should say none of us, some of us do, but the ones who do need do you, to. Do, do you have the answers? I know, I'm saying, don't talk about us. I'm saying, but <laughs> well, there, I, I think someone out there does. I think if you're at the table, you can come up with an answer. Right. And I think that's what people who volunteer and, and spend their time with the organization, I think that's what this show is about. We want to give real information about what you can possibly do. So yeah. what can we possibly do? And, and I want to know, uh, Melvin, have you, have you sponsored the, the, the barbecue in your backyard and invited all the neighbors and all your clients? I've had done appreciation parties, so they do work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's so funny because some people you don't even think are going to show up have shown up. But I haven't done the barbecue, done the bar thing. You know, go to the local bar, go to a local establishment. I've had other friends of mine who've done movie theaters and everything else. I've also did the piece with the Remax balloon, where in turn uh, had the balloon up in the air and had people come by, which was a great piece as well. Um, so yeah, I've I've done all different types of things, uh, which have worked. There was an a, a agent, I think it was in Winthrop. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, uh, but what he did was the uh, week of the taxes, April 16th or 17th. He had successive open houses, and what he brought was a shredder, a big shredding machine. <laughs> shred so he said, he said like, like 200 people, you know, uh, be uh, be creative. This is a fun business, you know. What what exactly were they shredding? They were shredding the documents that they no longer needed. Oh, okay. What would you shred? I don't know. That's why I was asking. <laughs> mm, things that make you say, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There might be a secret there somewhere that we have no time to explore. Thank you. <laughs> but um, I think the, the one of the ways in which um, the industry, meaning NAR, MAR, GBAR, is helping people... Um, helping uh, agents understand what the values are is these real tours that the, uh, here in Boston area. Can you talk about the real tours? I know you were involved in that, Mel. So the Greater Boston Board of Realtors has started something because we have such a large you know, footprint. And what we realized that we had to reach our agents in a, in a unique way. So we started what we call real tours, and hence the word tour at the end. What we did was we set up meetings every quarter in those different localities. And the thing about it was what we would do is we'd sit back and talk about what new things that the Greater Boston Board of Realtors offers. We talked about what things the the National Association of Realtors offers, what new things Massachusetts Association offers, and, and even the old stuff, and went over and hashed over it. Then what we also would do is bringing a local expert from the community in. And that local expert from the community may be a, a, a pest uh, inspector, maybe an appraiser, maybe, you know, but we usually usually got the, the chairs or the vice presidents of those associations to come speak about their industry and would give those agents in that area and some insight of what's going on within that specific field. So every time you went to a realtor event, you learned something new from an, from a person who's not in your industry, which actually complements your industry. Then what we also did was we then talked about all the new technology or the new things that we were thinking about bringing in. Right. And so we explained what the association, what the value was with the money you paid. Right, right. And um, I've been to the real tours. They, it's almost, it's a similar um, show each quarter. Um, in, in not, it's a similar show in each quarter. That that's not what I mean. What I mean is, it, they'll have seven stops along that tour where it goes around uh, the area. Well, we've cut it down to uh, five. Five. Five now. Well, actually, not four now. 
We brighten the four quadrants right now. Okay, so you, you, it's each quadrant. Right. But if you went to all four of those, you see a lot of the similar stuff because you're talking to agents from that quadrant. Correct. Who Correct. hadn't heard. Correct. So uh, if you miss the point the first day, you can go to the next day. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because it's always it's always right nearby, and it's uh, it's great to be able to know because we get paid for what we know. Um, a lot of people think agents get paid for how they talk. That's not that's not the way because talk is cheap. All agents are, are uh, somewhat friendly, especially before they hire you. Uh, Correct. So, go ahead. Sponsorship. Broker Talk is sponsored today by Castles Unlimited, where you get the best real estate offers online. Go to castlesunlimited.com for oil. Excuse me, for all your real estate needs. And for oil, if you need oil, yes. too. We have, we have, we have uh, high-test petroleum. I was thinking EVOO. Let's cook. Uh, it's almost lunch. Um, so news. Let's do the, the news. The news. Well, you know, uh, we talked about this a little bit before the show. There is a vlogger, somebody who uses uh, video blogs, and he's been out there a long while. He is uh, involved in all kinds of things. His name is Frank Gray, and he took on the National Association of Realtors in a YouTube video. Um, if you like to watch people rant, uh, Frank's great at this. And when people are ranting, they often make sense somewhat, but the energy of the rant, you know, you just feel like, oh, he's so right. Um, Did he get sued? It just went up uh, yesterday. Too and soon. so it's, of course, gone viral. Isn't that the wonderful thing about uh, the Internet? So a lot of people are talking about it. His point is... National Association of Realtors is not supporting the realtors by explaining to to the consumers that working with a real estate agent is less expensive, will put more money in your pocket than working with an internet company like a Zillow, like an iBuyer, or, or people like that. And Frank is saying, NAR, wake up. Look at your competition, and let's start marketing our benefits and values in a much better way. Okay. So what's the platform? Just the, just the, uh, the realtor symbol? Or, I mean, they gave away the website years ago. What, so what's left? Uh, communications, marketing. What they have to do is have a better message. When we go, uh, we all compete against each other. We probably have, have talked to the same uh, people. It, it doesn't matter. Somebody is going to hire the person that they like and trust the best. How do you communicate what your benefit, personal benefit and value is? And so, then, so what is he suggesting his rant? His rant is, we are paying you millions and millions of dollars what are you doing with our marketing dollars? Okay. Do better. So he doesn't have an answer. He did not have an answer. He needs an answer. He does. And the thing is that they are doing um, a huge campaign in regards to, they rebranded the R. Now they've come out with. And you know, who, <laughs> and who we but are. But he spoke about that. Super real time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He spoke at that, uh, about that. And it's like, here's what we are. And you look at the R symbol. Okay. It's a pretty logo. Right. But you got to start somewhere. And we, we finally started somewhere because. Where we were at one point, it, the R realtor really wasn't really out there and prominent, and the, and the the public didn't know who a realtor was, and even agents didn't know who a realtor okay, was. Okay, so so now that you say that, so we were talking about difference between realtors and non-realtors. 
I mean, we, we should do this on one of the shows. Let's call up some of these non-realtor offices and just have a casual conversation. Let's just bleep out the names and, you know. Oh, boy. I, I, know. I like you, this. You know, Com- where, you know where I'm going with I this. do. I, it's yeah. commando. Say, is there a realtor there that I could speak to and see mm-hmm. what the response is? Yeah. You, 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 uh, they'll you, say yes. Yes. That's right ex- away. That's exactly my Because they don't know the difference. No, they do. Yeah, you're right. They do. You're right. Baba Bowie. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, they, they know exactly what they're doing. They don't want to get into that long-winded educational conversation just like if someone said is there a broker there and they're a sales Sales, license right right? they're not going to go into it they're just going to say i'm a broker Mm -hmm. right yeah you're right i mean that's a little different i don't mind that as much as saying a realtor versus but i'm I'm sure these people are saying oh yes i'm a realtor i can help you a modern family had uh, you know a whole stick for a while yeah, they did. about who who was the realtor. I think that was partly paid. I, th- I think he actually did have the hour on. Yeah, I think it was. I think yeah. it was. You're yeah. Right. So that was product placement. Santa Clarita diet was better. Though. Santa Clarita diet was better. realtor. And he, oh boy, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? No, no, I didn't see that. Oh one. boy, really? Yeah, I gotta watch the, that. The Great guy, show. The, it was the guy who did Justified. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. he Tim plays Tim the realtor. Yeah. Okay. He, is, the, he yeah. is hilarious yes. right. in that. Uh, by the way, they're also cannibals. She's a cannibal. Oh, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so we overlooked that. Talking she's, about eating she's a, the market. She's a, she's a good broker. She's transactional. We'll give her, <laughs> we'll, we'll give her a pass. In a matter-of-fact way. Right, right. So Drew Barrymore can come work with us. Antonio uh, and, Brown, I'm and, sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you're right. Uh, so no more news. That's it. I think that's uh, that's it. I mean, there's more news. Compass is suing uh, is so is not suing somebody. I don't know. <laughs> that's it's the always news? Compass and Realogy. <laughs> yeah, they're Compass they're both is not doing suing something. someone. That's the news. <laughs> no, it was Realogy that was suing Compass. Mm-hmm. Right, and yeah. and Realogy is rolling out all kinds of new um, uh, offers for their new ambitious. Ambitious Agent Benefits Program. Yeah, well, good. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It, it, when you choose an agency, choose the agents. You know, find people who are really good people. Work with them. You have a good office. We have a good office. You know. I, I, and it's funny you say that. And I, and I'm glad you did say that. Choose the agents in the office. Choose the people around. Don't choose the commission split, because all the money in the world won't make you, you know, happy. Right. And don't get me wrong. Some people say all oh, my world really, make happy. Really, Mel? If Truthfully. All the money in the world wouldn't make you happy? No, you know what? No, I'll be honest with you. If I'm not working on people I'm happy with. <laughs> oh, well, that, oh, that's well, that all part of, of it. That's that, all that, of us. That, that has to be taken into consideration. Yeah, so that's my point. But money is important. Oh, it is. It is. But you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Broker Talk is a weekly podcast hosted by real estate industry professionals and always dedicated to telling it like it is. So, until next week, this is Jim Lowenstern. And it's Larry Lauffer and thanking Melvin Aviera. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Hit him with the hind.